You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Oh, how are you? Man, what a night. Jeepers, creepers. I was gone. I was like, I really was asking God, I pray I can get it to back together before I get up here because I was... Um, I was struggling in a big way to really hold myself together. So thank you, team. Can we thank them? Amazing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you're real. Thank you that you're here. Thank you, Lord, that as we read this morning that this is the test of faith. What is it, Lord? It's not our behavior. It's that we believe that Jesus Christ is amongst us. Well, let us all, everyone, pass the test. And I pray tonight that we go from this place to a whole nother place as you reveal your glory and your greatness. Let there be tender hearts, soft hearts. Let there be openness, Lord. Even online tonight, I pray that this um, time together would transfer very well and very powerfully no matter where we are tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the person next to you and say you're looking better than even last week. Just say you're looking so good, so fresh. Turn to the other person, say you're looking fresh. You're looking great. You're looking fresh online. Fantastic. I love your church. Um, love what you're doing with the place. This is fantastic. This is just, I love exposed 4 by 2 There's nothing like it. It's a real thing. It's like the Block NZ, isn't it? Uh, it's great. And love your pastors, Stephen Bex. They're personal friends of ours. Have a lot of respect for them. And so happy 40th, Steve. Uh, love you very much. You're such a good man. And um, man, what, a, what an athlete, eh? He's like, <laughs> he like does these snatch and grabs, what are they called? It sounds like he's shoplifting. But anyway, he's like really good at it. <laughs> <He's fun>. <laughs> but why on earth they've decided to do a series called Outpouring, I'll never know. It's like as soon as you talk about the Holy Spirit, it's like game on. He told me, he was like messaging me, hey, we're doing this series. I was like, I see a massive opening, I'm going in. Like that was how I felt about it. I love the Holy Spirit. I love him very much. Very grateful for who he is. And uh, tonight, I want to do something slightly different. I had, you know, as I shared this morning, there's a couple of things that we do need to really think about in this time. And we are looking, obviously, at, at this whole concept of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to try and build two concepts together, so you'll need to pay attention if that is possible. I guess you'll be like, well, that depends how good you are, mate. So, <laughs> but um, let's hope it's all right. So I'm going to start not by talking about the Holy Spirit, but about a really big issue, and then we're going to dive um, into uh, this kind of understanding tonight. So I want to show you a photo. This is my family. We've got a family pic, a little family snazzy pic. So this is my wife on the right, and these are our five children. So that's all you can do in Nelson is have children. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else to do. Ricky the monkey died, so you can't go to Natureland. Um, what he did, it's not a joke. <laughs> you didn't know where to laugh. But um, anyway, uh, aside from that, what a great family, eh? Awesome family. But let me show you how it started, okay? This is how it started. Let's bring up this picture. <laughs> I am loath to show you this. Because it looks like Rebecca and her page boy, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, man. Leave the photo up because 
I grew up um, and I knew Rebecca my whole life. And in fact, I went to her fourth birthday. I was two, so she's a cougar. <laughs> she's not here, so I can say that. So anyway, <laughs> but <laughs> sorry. Anyway, so I even at seven, seven years old, I knew it's it's not a good. This is not a normal story, so don't be trying to do this, okay? But when I was seven, I knew I wanted to marry her. Bizarre, eh? I just, I looked at her and I just thought, this is the best thing God's ever created. And I was like, oh. But um, I, like, I seriously, I was just like, and so at 11, uh, when I was 11, um, she was 13, I went to a batch of Kiteri, um, well, we were at Bethany Park camping and went to a batch door and knocked on it. And she opened it and I said, do you want to kiss me? It was really weird the way to start. There was no, there was no small talk. But that is legit. And she goes, no, and shut the door. <laughs> and I, to be honest, I wasn't really, you know, not what I am now, obviously. Um, no, I was sorry. I, I, it wasn't really, a, it wasn't a good idea for her. It was a bit of a, you know, downgrade, right? So um, that went on for a long time. And then one time when I was 16, we went out on a friend's launch. Her name was Anna Bajan, and still is, but she's married with a different name. Went out on her dad's launch, Hakuna Matata, and on that launch, I was talking to a friend on the top deck, um, and the, Rebecca didn't want a bar. She didn't want anything to do with me. But I told my friend on the, on the deck, I said, I'm going to marry Rebecca Polways. And it took about 15 minutes for that to get downstairs where Rebecca was. <laughs> Christians are notorious for gossiping. <laughs> so anyway, she's like, by the end of the cruise, we finished the cruise, the youth pastor goes, hey, we need to have a little chat. And I was like, Okay. He goes, hey, I hear you think you're marrying Rebecca. She's a bit upset about it. This is at the end of the cruise. And I said, oh, yeah? He goes, yeah, probably would back off a little bit if I was you. I said, okay. Don't know why. It's kind of, being a stalker's cool. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> anyway, like, legit. And so I kind of left it there. But soon enough, she saw the light. <laughs> and I cannot explain, but in 1998, we were married. She was 20, and I was 11 and a half. And, <laughs> but I just cannot explain, I cannot explain this confidence that I had. I was totally convinced. I was just convinced, and I can't, you can't put that stuff on. I cannot explain it, okay? But it is a master key. Very hard to talk about, because I do know, in, even in my own life, there is room to work our way through doubts, questions, absolutely, but notice I said, work our way through. You know, a doubt that has been stagnant for three to five years, I think you would more call it an unbelief. But if you can go on a journey with your doubts and your questions, that's where actually you can see some really cool stuff happen. Faith is a journey. It is not an arrival point. We should be growing year on year. I just wanted to remind you that if you've said yes to Jesus, you're actually not a sheeple, you're a disciple. God's forming you into the image of Jesus, and everything that you practice week in, week out, by being here, is helping you in that formation. So let me say this now that I've talked about doubt. You ready? One of the benefits of being a follower of Jesus is a confidence that you can't explain. You might not be there yet, that's okay. But I'm telling you straight up, it is. It full on is. 
I mean, don't you remember how insecure you were when you didn't know him? I was a train wreck. Before I gave my life to Jesus, I was all over the show. I thought everyone was thinking about me, and lo and behold, they were just doing what I was doing, thinking about themselves. Like, nothing made sense. The world didn't make sense. My life was just inverted in on me. But then Jesus turned up. I surrendered. And the light switch was like, on. And you finally saw the world as it really is. And yourself as it is. And you're overwhelmed with the fact that Jesus did, in fact, love me and died for me. Paul puts it like this, okay? So this is where we're going. 2 Timothy 1.12. I know whom I believe, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. I know whom I believe. I, I just know. Paul's like a really significant person writing really significant stuff in the New Testament. And he is looking right to the end of his life where he stands before Jesus, as we all will, and he says this at the end of his life, I know whom I believe, and I am persuaded that everything that I have committed to him, he will keep until that day. Here's the question. If you feel confident about the end of your life, what the heck do you have to worry about in the middle? Is the issue that you're all over the show the fact that at the end of the day you haven't quite really surrendered yet? Or remembered that this is a long game. We're giving him everything. I believe. I'm convinced. God's got this. And if you believe that, and if you're confident in that, you know, that's like bedrock. It's a really big part of Paul's writing, Paul's teaching, and Paul's podcasts, okay? Romans, you'll, you'll remember this little ditty, Romans 8.37. Don't worry, we're going to the Holy Spirit. Don't worry. Knowing all these things... We are more than conquerors. I love that. He didn't say we're nearly there, guys. Just a few more quiet times and you're going to be there. You know, just keep striving. No, he said you're more than a conqueror. Who? Through him, Jesus, who loved us. For I am convinced. He's just totally convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor the present nor the future or powers, he's searched all the heights and all the depths, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Imagine waking up like that tomorrow. You'd be like, bring it on. Bring it on. Many of us would love that. We'd love to have that sense. I'm rock solid in Jesus and what Jesus says about me. But often it feels out of our reach. When I was studying the Word of God recently, I was prepping for something else. I stumbled on a scripture that triggered this, okay? And this scripture absolutely rocked my world. And you are about to find out what being convinced actually means. I was reading the woman's Bible, which is the Amplified. It's the one where more words are used, okay? <laughs> and we're okay with that. That's all good. It's like, I, oh, sorry. I have so many thoughts to share and none of them are godly. But anyway, <laughs> had to do with going to sleep and bit going, how was your day? And I was going, good, how was yours? And then drifting off. But anyway, I read the scripture and I, I just want to really um, show you something. Paul's writing to Timothy now. We talked about Paul's conviction. He's convinced, he's persuaded, he's confident. But to Timothy, his, one of the guys he's discipling, now you've diligently followed my example. That's my teaching, my conduct, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. He's lived it before him. You've got to have people in your life, 
living the way of Jesus. If you do not have people in your life living the way of Jesus, you have literally got nothing to follow, no example. We've got to keep doing faith and community. I'm all good with online, like that, that, it serves a purpose. But unless I can see the fact that Adrian is still faithfully following Jesus this year, compared to last time I saw him, and even more, he's growing in his faith, what does that do? Inspires me to keep going, inspires him to keep going, inspire you to keep going. We're all going to flip and keep going. Same if your parents, your kids ought to be able to see at some point in your life, you're going forward. Because what other example are they going to have? Anyway, I digressed. There's things that have happened to me at Antioch, Lystra, persecutions I endured, but the Lord rescued me from them all. Indeed, all who delight in pursuing righteousness and are determined to live godly lives, wait for this, in Jesus, you're going to be hunted and persecuted. And it might not be physically, but it might be in ideologies. It might be in concepts. It might be in philosophies. Okay. But evil men and imposters, their lives will go from bad to worse. If you're a Christ follower, what's your life going to go from? Not bad to worse. Glory to glory. On the outside, it might be hard potatoes. Hard potatoes, what is that? (laughs) It's yucky. (laughs) Hard stuff. Now, ready? Here we go. Because Wait for it, Holy Spirit coming. As for you... Continue in the things that you have learned of and you are convinced. And the Amplified translates being convinced as this, holding tightly to the truth. Being convinced spiritually is holding tightly to the truth. In other words, it's not a magic talent. It's not a personality type. You're like, I'm not extroverted. Sweet. And you're like, I'm not introverted. It's like, no, okay, it's all good. But Paul says, being convinced is, if you have the truth and you hold on to it, (laughs) you're going to be convinced. And Paul had an encounter with Jesus, right, out of nowhere. That's how his conversion happened. But not many people heard about what happened after that. For three years, he is actually in hiding in Damascus, it's in Galatians 1 if you want to read it, learning the way of Jesus. Three years. What's he learning? He knows the Torah. He doesn't even have his own writings to learn more about God yet. But he learns about the fact and thinks, flip, you know that rock in the desert that was water was gushing out of? That was Christ. Man, just as Israel had a high priest, we've got a high priest and his name is Jesus. He went on and thought about everything that the Red Sea is. Moses lifted up the stick with the snake on it. What did it represent? Jesus on a cross. That as he was lifted up, the seas of separation that held us away from God would be parted and we would walk right through. And that in resurrection, Passover and the blood and all these things. And what's he doing? Three years of holding on to the truth. Holding on to the truth. Holding on to the truth. No wonder he's convinced. And we manage like three minutes. I mean, if you've even half paid attention up until this point. Like, seriously. We're like, God, I'd love to have faith. It's like, yeah, sweet. But never really like in this place where I'm, I'm going to go after to understand what the truth on these things are. And um, I just feel like it's a total God thing. Paul's 
holding on to a truth that if God started a good work in you, he's totally convinced that God will be faithful to complete it. Paul's convinced that if God is for you, who can stand against you? Paul is convinced that your high priest sat at the right hand of the Father because he finished the work and he intercedes for you 24-7. You've got a praying Jesus on your behalf with your name in mind. Paul's convinced that if anyone is in Christ, then the new creation has begun. Paul is convinced that the blood of Jesus is so powerful that it's once and for all forgiveness for all time. What are you convinced about? What are you persuaded about? And I can tell you the answer. Whatever you hold tightly to. Whatever you're holding on tightly to is what you are convinced about. So this is where I'm about to go to Holy Spirit, don't worry. But in time, 2022, let me just read it. While it seems like the church globally is getting hiding, this is actually our moment to shine. In our church uh, at Annisbrook, God has been doing some really remarkable things. But one of those things is dialing up strength. And what I mean by that is so many people have needs and are bound up and are, are stuck and are searching for the truth and the church has got so afraid to say anything. It's like we don't want to be targets so we don't say anything. And we don't want to be, you know, said we're going to treat people like that so we, we hide away in the corner. And the problem is it's not very convinced, guys. It's just not very persuaded. So at home, I've been going the other direction. God did a message on the fact that if we don't belong to Jesus, you ready for this? We actually belong to Satan. It's not very Kiwi message, is it? Like, no, 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 I belong to myself. No, in the Bible it says that when the fall came in, all rights of humanity were given over to evil. So we would like the idea that we belong to self, but it's a total deception. The point of being saved, we're being saved from something. Man, you should have seen the church when I told them that. A lot of people wanted to get saved. We're just so afraid, so nervous, so something. And this is what I want to say is that we need to be stronger, not weirder. We're not strong enough. We're not. We're not. We need to rise to the top rather than go to the lowest common denominator. We need to get more convinced and more persuaded. Why? By magic. Whoa, dust. No, because we're holding to the truth so firmly that this thing is coming alive in us. So now the Holy Spirit. Ready for this? This is the key to knowing and experiencing this person, this gift, this presence in this life. Because faith has always been the way to not only knowing him, but moving in him. You actually have to get to a point where you're like, I want to step into this. I want to know this person. I want to experience him. I want to see that unlocked in my life. What else did Paul, was he convinced about the Holy Spirit? Get this, 1 Corinthians 14. If you desire spiritual gifts, you desire a good thing. Paul was like, please desire greater gifts, he said. So like gifts like prophecy. 
so that you can bring a word of encouragement to a person in the right moment. Paul said you should be desiring to do that. You should desire other spiritual gifts as well. There's gifts of faith, gifts of healing, gifts of exhortation. You, Paul's like, please, go ahead, make God's day stronger, not wimpier. He's totally convinced in Romans 8, 11 that if the Spirit of God lives in you, then that is the very same power that raised Christ from the dead. He's alive in you. He is 100% convinced. He was convinced in Galatians 3, 5. Again, I ask, is God giving you the Spirit and working miracles amongst you because you behave and do all of the law of Moses? He says, no, it is by your believing what you have heard. So what? You're convinced the Holy Spirit's for you, the Holy Spirit's with you. When you came to confess Jesus as your Lord, the Bible says you receive the Holy Spirit. How do we know that? Because the Bible says that you cannot say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit. But now you've got a choice to go. Am I going to grow? Am I going to go? Am I going to mow? No. Am I going to grow forward? Am I going to go further? Am I going to let myself go into that river of life? Am I going to experience all that Christ has for me? Or am I just going to stay in the shallows? Popular, isn't it, this? It's faith. It's confidence. It, it, it's, 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 it's that growing in persuasion and then stepping into it. And funnily enough, you don't have to force it when you're convinced about it. Like, I think people have had enough of going, meeting Christians, and they're like, how are you doing? They're like, praise the Lord, brother. Like, how's your week been? I'm blessed and highly favoured of the Lord. <laughs> like, okay, that's cool. What does it mean? Not sure, but I am it. <laughs> how's your family? They're phenomenal. No one's talking at home. Everyone's on devices, you know. Same old stuff. How's your marriage? Phenomenal. It's like, it's like, no, no. You don't have to force it when the Holy Spirit is working. You flow in it. He starts to work with you and work in you. Smith Wigglesworth, he's well known, um, funnily enough, no audio recording of him at all, and no video, just photos. A lot of written content. And he got it to a place of being so persuaded about this Holy Spirit and about this Word. So we want the Word of God active in our lives. We're not going to become flakes, but we want the Spirit of God so that Word comes to life. And we want to be intertwined like that in our lives, you and me. And Smith Wigglesworth got so, so persuaded that he simply would not be moved by what he saw or heard in a situation, but only by what the Word of God said. He said this, ready for this quote, if the Spirit does not move me, I move the Spirit. Really, can you do that? Meaning he had faith God would follow through even if he didn't sense a thing. Why? Because he simply knew God never lied. Never going to lie. Didn't Jesus say to you, if you want the Holy Spirit, ask God? Just ask him. Do you want to go deeper in the things of God? Just ask him. I told a story this morning about a guy called Gary who had a heart attack. And uh, then he was, essentially they were saying, look, he's probably on the way out. He wasn't that old and we got a phone call. And I told the story this morning because I thought it was interesting and I want to just, just illuminate it one more time that as I drove from our church offices to the hospital and he's had another heart attack, um, I just thought there's no point focusing on Gary. 
and there really is no point focusing on me. I'm being asked to go pray, so I need to really figure this thing out fast, right? So all I did, these are not long, in Auckland, if you're going to drive somewhere, it's 13 hours or something each way, you know? It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry guys, but this is just stupid, you know? In Nelson, it's like, a, you just ride your bicycle, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> essentially. So I had a short drive up to the hospital, but I put on a YouTube. And the YouTube was just about what? The truth of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. I got the word of God in me. And I was just dr- off thinking and dreaming about the Holy Spirit. Man, you're awesome. Man, you're powerful. Why? Because the word says. What am I doing? Holding on to the truth. What's happening? I'm getting very convinced. In fact, I'll tell you how convinced I got. I told everyone this morning. It's a bit embarrassing. I got out of the car, walked up the stairs, and I had this impression that I had wings. Like, dude, you're smoking stuff. It's not good in Nelson, you know? Like, no, 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 no. I was, I was a little bit surprised, but I went with it. I thought, oh, yeah, I've got wings. This is great. Because I knew the Holy Spirit was there with me in that moment. So I'm going up, and I've, I've got headphones, and I'm just listening to worship, and I'm thinking, flip, these wings are pretty cool. Like they, I know, they're out of my mind. It's great. And then I got into the hospital ward, and saw Gary, but I'm still thinking about the Holy Spirit. Like, what a delight. So anyway, I get to the Gary, and I said, Gary, flip. Well, you know, obviously, this isn't good. Let's pray. So I put my hand on Gary, and I just couldn't stop think, thinking about the wings. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's weird. Look, it is weird, but I'm down with it, okay? And, and, and so I'm just laying hands, and then I feel this heat. And I feel this power. And I said, Gary, can you feel that heat? He goes, yeah, it's hot. <laughs> and I just thought, okay. Yeah, he didn't. You know, you've got to start thinking these things through, right? Because Gary's not like, whoa, ripping off the respirator, you know, like, <laughs> it's not a comedy show. I just, you go and you go by faith. And I told the story that that was like 10 months ago or so. And then I saw him a couple of weeks ago in Stoke. We call it St. Oak. There's Gary. How you doing, Gary? Back to work. He's alive. Why? Same Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit. Rebecca, my wife, met a lady in church three weeks ago, and that lady came for the first time ever, ever to church, ever in her whole life. She met with her after the first Sunday, and they're in, she's in the office next to mine, and I could hear wailing and crying, and oh man, it didn't sound good. And um, anyway, Beck uh, prayed with her, sharing Jesus with her, okay, just sharing the Lord, sharing the hope of the Lord with her. And um, anyway, she left, and Beck said to me, man, I can't even tell you, I cannot even tell you half the stuff that has gone on in this woman's life. She said, you would, it would blow your mind, I, can't, I cannot tell you, but it is unbelievable. So she prayed with this lady, this lady's never heard the gospel, she's never heard about a Jesus who loves, who died for her, who took on her sin, that she could become righteous, righteousness of God. And anyway, a week later, she comes back to church, and this time Rebecca's like, hey, she looks different. It's like, what's, what's going on? Beck goes, your face looks different. She goes, my counselor just said the same thing. She goes to a counselor every week. Counselor said, what's going on with you? Your face looks different. And about two weeks after that, She's texting Rebecca saying, I cannot believe this Jesus. 
I cannot believe this Jesus. I cannot believe. You better believe it. He's for everybody. There's nothing he cannot do. I'm convinced of it. I'm persuaded. I'll tell you one more story. A month ago, a woman comes to church and she asks the elders to pray for her. Okay? Says in the Bible, says, call the elders if you're sick and get them to anoint you with oil. So we started practicing that as a practice because it's biblical. So anyway, the elders got around her and the issue is she has not been able to break anxiety off her life her whole life. Okay? And it's pretty daunting. You're thinking, okay, like, is this her lot in life? What do you say to someone? She's been to every, everyone. She's been to everything. She cannot move it, cannot shake it, nothing. So uh, we anoint her with oil, and then one of our other board members just says, hey, I just feel like there's something, some words have been spoken over you. You see, words are very powerful. You know, this persuasion and this convinced thing, you know. Even tonight, you're like, I don't know. Do we have to really be like this? No, not if you want, don't want to. It's all good. But there's others of you who are like, yeah, I want this. Some of you are like, I desire. I need God, I need his strength. So she'd had words spoken over her that had hugely affected her. And so this guy, and I said, hey, I said to her as we are praying, listen, you need to go home and write down these words and you need to start actually standing on God's word while holding tightly to the truth because it's time to shift this thing. We're not going to talk about the anxiety, I want to talk about why you believe what you believe. There's a lot of misbeliefs out there, guys. And so she did that. She came back two weeks later and she looked at me and I looked in her eyes and she said, when you guys prayed, it broke. It broke. She brought out this journal with all these things that God says about her. She's been diligent both in spirit and in practice, in her formation, because why? She wants to be free. The Bible says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. But are you willing to go with it? Are you willing to flow with it? Are you willing to practice it? Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.